You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, and I'm once again joined by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. John, you've made it to 2022. Do you have any resolutions? Um, No, I don't have any other than maybe not paying much attention to weather forecasts regarding snow. Right, right. That's they, they kind of missed that one this weekend. Yeah. No, I, there was a plenty of snow. Missouri, I had, I had seen some tweets that Missouri was pre-treating the roads. I did not see mm-hmm. the results of that, at least by me. I don't know if <laughs> maybe there needs to be more pre-treatment, but uh, did not really work out in, in, I guess, the roads' favor. But here we go. Hopefully there's no more snow as we go. The Chiefs are coming off a tough loss, 34-31, to against the Cincinnati Bengals. On this show, we will go through the latest news. We have our marinated takeaways from the game. No Andy Reid roundup, John, because this game was moved to Saturday. This next game out of nowhere, the, the Chiefs and the Broncos are now playing on Saturday. We'll talk about that. So Andy Reid didn't speak on Monday. First time he'll speak is Tuesday, and then he will speak again on Thursday. We have our best Chiefs thing that we heard all week. So a packed show, a two-segment show. Usually we have the three segments. There will only be two in this program and we're going to start with of course john some reviews this review thing is out of control now we have seven (laughs) in today so we're going to start with four quick ones and then i'll do three at the end of the show that are longer and probably need more comments so we'll do the three longer ones at the end we'll do four quick ones now you have a correction what we have to get to first when it comes to a review yeah well we had we had a review last week uh, from someone who mentioned that he lived on the island of Rhodes, mm. uh rhode which island. we yeah which we immediately took to mean rhode island which is Foxborough. not not, not Big where Patriots he is fan. No. Yeah, I I thought in that moment I thought there is an island called Rhodes someplace, but I couldn't come up with it, which is unusual. Normally in Trivial Pursuit, right. I've got this stuff, and uh, but yeah. I, I I I failed in this moment. I had to look it up later. It's in the Aegean Sea, okay, by Greece. And wow. if if you're a fan of uh, of a great movie with Gregory Peck, The Guns of Navarone. Uh, you might think that the island of Rhodes is uh, where this took place. Actually, uh, Navarone is a fictional island, but oh. Rhodes might as well be Navarone. It's in the same area uh, and would be a good place for a German gun emplacement if, if it actually happened. So, so, so look, sorry we, about that. Sorry about that. We appreciate the uh, the comment from the from so, the Great Island of Rhodes. Yeah, you're telling me we have. Arrowhead Pride editor show listeners from Missouri just complained about the snow to the agency. That's a, a, a far way away. It's by Turkey. I'm looking at Turkey here. I'm, I pulled up a map. Bulgaria. Places I've only dreamed of. Okay. Well, good. Good that you're listening. Sorry about the mix up. Forget Rhode Island. Who needs it anyway? <laughs> All right. Let's get to these quick reviews. All right. Here's the first one. Lifelong cheese fan. This one's from KC 52 mugs. I love Having a podcast to listen to dedicated to the Chiefs. Great episodes, no matter if it's the editor show or even the British show. It's all good. I don't know if that was backhanded at, at our, our friends uh, across <laughs> the pond. It sounded a little bit. Well, we're going we're gonna to take it as it is. This one from Gonzo Revs. Great barrier Chiefs. The boys from the UK knocked it out of the park again and never apologized for Lego. So there you go. This one from Cali Mom 39. So from the AGNC to Missouri to seems like California. 
great podcast. My family started watching the NFL after watching the Chiefs defeat the 49ers in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Now, hmm. my daughter and I love to listen to this podcast and discuss after. We love the great British Chiefs and often use the terms Hill Mary and Great Barrier Chiefs in our house. And then a smiley face. Look, love the review. It sounds like a little bit of a front runner. That's okay. Everyone has their, their story of fandom. We'll see if the Chiefs can follow up with another Super Bowl this year. Last one from, and um, this is the username, James John, uh, Xanax with Horchata. Um, love the British <laughs> show and editor's show. Just the title. Uh, keep carrying on, fellas. It's the highlight of my week. Go Chiefs. So four reviews to start the show. We will finish up with longer reviews at the end of the show. So if you are Chiefs fans in 65, Mac John and Husker fans, stay tuned uh, for the end of our podcast broadcast so to speak we'll we'll get to them all right let's get into some news <clears throat> the the big thing out of this game john that that is a a carryover almost to the next week were the offensive line injuries that happened in this game orlando brown suddenly looked like it was three or four minutes prior to kick in this game orlando brown was ruled questionable the chiefs wind up pulling him with a calf strain and he had to have an mri so lucas niang ends up starting at left tackle. And then, um, you know, he unfortunately uh, suffered a season-ending injury. And who knows what's going to happen with Niang. Opted out last year, was his rookie year um, this year. And now I, I think because of how late the injury is, there's some questions about the future. But this really had the feel, right, John? And, and this was like a little bit offensive line, PTSD type thing where you're starting to feel like, is <laughs> yeah. this damn thing happening again but joe tooney slides over from left guard nick allegretti enters the game and it seemed to go okay and and the chiefs i, I thought ran the football well if you're you're looking at bright spots we'll get into a lot of the negatives you're wondering and here's the news on orlando brown via ian Rappaport. i believe this was yesterday or the day before but brown had an mri on his calf and source described the injury as minor good news going forward for the chiefs mm. We talked about this Chiefs and Broncos game being on Saturday. More on that in a second here. But we will get our first injury report on Tuesday. That means mm -hmm. the injury reports will come Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So later this afternoon, we should have some idea about Orlando Brown. What I'd say is this. I think the Chiefs would be okay in this game if they want to give him another a week because of just how good the line looked. But I think you want to have all your, your bullets, so to speak, once the playoff begins. And so we'll see what Orlando Brown's status is. Certainly we'll see a different uh, group of players declared inactive for this game. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Prince uh, Tega Winogo was, was declared inactive for this they were game. Which, Austin yeah, Blythe. That yeah, was it. He just, yeah. Just one interior lineman left uh, to back good. up the tackles. Yeah. Not, not good. a good situation. Yeah. So we'll see about Brown. Another player that we're we're watching here is Clyde Edwards Elaire. Didn't end up traveling to Cincinnati and of course was ruled out for this game, but he has uh, been dealing with an injury himself and so we'll see if Clyde re-enters the mix and and we talked about how the offensive line really stepped up in this game. I thought the running backs did a nice job between Daryl Williams and and Derek Gore enough that our friends on out of structure have begun questioning whether or not this is a case where Daryl Williams should be more of a first and second down back. So do we have a running back controversy in Kansas city? I don't know, but we'll see what Clyde's status is last week. John, he didn't practice um, last week. So we have to wind up seeing uh, what kind of stuff he does this week. Right. Well, if he practices to get today, that's a, a move forward, of course, but uh, we'll just have to see, um, you know, it, that was an injury that did not look good. No. Um, I think Shoulder everybody collarbone type deal. Yeah. Right. And, you know, collarbone is a serious deal. It's going to not as serious as say an Achilles tear, for example, but right. uh, that's an injury that you'd expect a player to be out for a, a number of weeks. Um, but it didn't seem to be that. It appeared to be more of a bruise or something. So I suppose it's possible we could see him this weekend against the Broncos. I know that there's been discussion about Clyde maybe not being the starter anymore. I'm on on the side of I think Clyde is still the starter right now. Mm -hmm. I just think I, yeah. I do feel like he's the best 
weapon on this team. I think that there's a role for Daryl Williams. I think there mm-hmm. that he should be seeing the field more than maybe he was when we began this campaign. I, I think there's a role for Derek Gore. The Chiefs almost have an abundance of riches when it comes to skill position players because you're talking yeah. about one of the better wide receivers in the league, one of the better tight ends, if not the best at each position. And now when you start to move on and Byron Pringle looks good and Derek Gore looks good and you know who knows what you can get from a a Demarcus Robinson who randomly had a touchdown when he's running north. Do you see what happens to Marcus? He can score a touchdown there. So there you go. But yeah, I I think the more players you have back, obviously uh, the better off you'll you'll be. I was nervous about Clyde when he first suffered the injury because in my experience, collarbone ruled out quickly usually is a disaster. Um, and and this turned out to be a lot more minor. So uh, breaking in the chief's way in, in that sense, quick note on Niang Niang's injury was a torn patellar tendon, which takes about six months to a year to rehab. And I, you know, if you're wondering about long-term when it comes to the chiefs, I'd bet we're looking at PUP for training camp. I mean, that, that Mm -hmm. to me, kind of maybe like a Kyle long situation. And, as you're going through these offensive line injuries, and, and this is just another point on on the depth of the Chiefs, like good on Kyle Long for sticking with it. This is a player who came out of retirement, got injured again, probably could have just been like, I'm going to rehab this injury and just, and that's it, whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. And now he's about an injury and uh, away from from really having a role on this team, con- considering, you, you know, you lose Niang, you're wondering about, about Brown, Tooney moved over you have Allegretti in that mix and you never know what can happen if you look at last year's playoffs you never know what can happen it's it's good to have at least bodies there and I know the Chiefs like Prince Teguanogo I know they like Kyle Long Austin Blythe seems like the proper center slash guard replacement so you're okay right now you don't want to see any more of these offensive line injuries but I, I think you do have some reserves you feel good about we'll end up seeing what happens with Mike Remmers? This was another transaction that came through yesterday. Mike Remmers was moved from COVID back to injured reserve. Someone asked me on Twitter if the clock has started. It is not. We have not seen no. Mike Remmers. Uh, he's eligible, but you know we'll end up seeing uh, what, what ends up happening with him uh, as it goes on here. Uh, for a while, it didn't seem like you needed him necessarily back in the mix, but now it seems like you you do. I'm wondering if later today when Andy Reid has his first press conference of the week that he's not questioned about the status of of Mike. I would expect that at this point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, we went through the injury news. What we're watching CEH and Orlando Brown. Those are the two big ones. The Chiefs were moved to Saturday. The NFL, it, it, it amazes me. They come up with new marketing schemes every year. And this, I believe they're calling this the grand finale, the finale weekend. I don't know what it's advertised as, but essentially what happened was there were no week 18 times. I guess I was confused about this, Judd. I'll be, I'll be the first to admit. I just thought the chiefs were on Sunday at noon. I didn't, I think that was the original time. And we get to the end of Sunday night football. It's, it's the, the Vikings and the Packers. And then all of a sudden it comes through that the chiefs and the Broncos will be playing on Saturday. And what's following that is a Cowboys Eagles NFC East matchup for a double header to begin the final weekend. How do we feel about the, the move to Saturday? Does it matter? What do you think, John? Well, I, I'm, I dislike this stuff because personally it affects me personally. Okay. We have plans on Saturday that are, that are all messed up now because the yeah. Chiefs are playing. So that's the first thing is it, it affects me job. personally, and it's all about me. So let's right. let's make that clear right off right. the top. Right, right. But it bugs me because Chiefs fans, fans of other teams, like to travel to see their teams yeah. play on the road, and it must be awful to have you know, hotel reservations, plane tickets to go out to to Denver to see the Chiefs play uh, or travel plans of any kind and have to turn all that sideways to accommodate a move like this that's made, you know, that moves it to a different day. I mean, it's bad enough when they move a game from noon until the evening or vice versa in a normal flex, but to move it to a different day 
you know, a week before it happens. I think that's that's asking a lot of NFL fans, uh, you know, that that are good fans. If they want to go see their team play in another city, that's a good fan. And they're being penalized for this. And, and I don't like it on, on that basis. I, I've heard a lot of grumbling about this, about how the NFL is out to get the Chiefs. Well, I think one of the things that we're missing here is that I think the league planned all along to yeah. do this in this additional week of the season, in week 18. They, they've they right. been planning all along to shuffle the schedule around um, in week 18 with this, you know, in their mind, a new week to the season. And so they came up with this name for it, blah, blah, blah. Well, because it's unusual, we'd kind of forgotten about that. I think there was a news release about it back in August or something. <laughs> but, uh, but we've I'm all gonna, kind I'm, of forgotten I'm going to pull it. the curtain back right here. I, <laughs> I, I run arrowheadpride.com. I woke up on Monday. I had to go do that hit that I do at 41. So I go to bed fairly early on Sunday when I can, right? Because I'm right. getting up early to do that 41 hit. And I see it and I'm like, wait, what? I didn't <laughs> yeah. even know it's pot. I swear, I didn't even know it was possible that they could be playing on yeah. Saturday. So it was news to me. Quickly made an adjustment, get, went to 41, did my thing. And I was like, I got to rush home and put this on our site. Like, this should be the lead on arrowheadpride.com that they've moved the game. Um, so anyway, so that's that's what ended up happening, to be quite honest with you and, and our wonderful reviewing Arrowhead Pride editor show listeners. So we've we've adjusted our schedules. John, sorry about your weekend plans. Oh, well, so, you know, it's it's the, it's the, the way weekend now involves the Chiefs. I've seen some complaints about this and, and I could kind of understand this in a sense. So. The Chiefs lost. They they blew it. Um, we'll get into more in the detail of it with the snap counts and the marinade takeaways in a second. So it is what it is. However, it happened. They they blew it and they've lost control of what is the the top seed in the AFC and a potential bye week of, for winning it. So now. That I think really tremendously favors the Titans who are are and kudos to them for taking care of business and, and continuing sure. to hold in the top spot. But they they need a bye week to to give Derrick Henry another week. I mean, mm -hmm. you're not talking about just any player. This is one of the you know, top 10 players in football. Right. And so you you have this buy already for Tennessee. And now you have the Chiefs who are are the threat against the the Titans to 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 take their number one seed, you know, the the greatest threat here. And you're having them play on Saturday. So theoretically speaking, right? So if the Chiefs end up losing to the Broncos and are upset, they're they're ten point favorites in this game, but still you never know, right? Then it eases things on the Titans, doesn't it? I, to me, mm -hmm. like they should potentially be playing at the same time. And so that that to me, I think is a gripe that I have. Um, now I also think that it, it, it can potentially put a little bit more pressure on Tennessee because if you're playing at the same time, I know that Andy Reid does this and he's done it in previous years when the chiefs need other scenarios to happen to benefit them when it comes to the playoff picture, he tells his guys not to look, he goes as far as to telling the stadium, don't even put the scores up. We don't want to mm -hmm. now the crowd yeah. cheers and they, and Tyreek turns right. around and they right. tell him and whatever. But, um, you know, in, in general, you can kind of focus in the chiefs take care of business on three 30. That's the early game. All those Tennessee Titans are up. They're playing a division game on the road. Now they're 10 point favorites themselves, but they have to sleep on the fact that they know now they have to win against a team that they lost to earlier this year and you never know what division games look at no further than the chiefs last mm -hmm. year when they yep. were a more dominant team and the Raiders came in and, and won and did their victory lap. And Hey, the Raiders have a, a big game this weekend as well. But what I'm saying is I, I think there is a slight benefit to playing the day before when it comes to that in the sense that now the Titans have the pressure again against a, a, a Texans team that is still, I think trying to figure out who they are for the future they want to know what the quarterback in Mills is. You have David Cully, former member of the Chiefs staff, that wants to continue to prove that he's the guy that belongs for year two because sure. they are going through yeah. a little bit of a transition there. And so I, I think there are benefits to the, the Chiefs playing on Saturday. Well, as always, there's a lot of layers to peel away when you look at a situation like this. That's like Shrek. Plays out. Right. Yeah. No doubt. Right. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of lot of things to look at. And I think you're making mm -hmm. good points, is that it 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 although it looks like something that's really bad for the Chiefs, it does have some advantages. 
the thing I would take away from this for future reference, don't make plans to go see the Chiefs play on the road in no. week 18 in the future no. because this is the first week 18 too so yeah now, now right you know. and i you think learn. i think i think that what we're seeing is the beginning of a of a trend that in the future rather than simply moving games from one time slot to another which is the way they used to do this when they wanted to keep uh you know have as few games as possible where teams are resting their starters or as few meaningless games as possible on the schedule they would move them on the sunday schedule now they're going to be moving some of them to Saturday. Two this year, who knows? Maybe it's four next year. Right. So if you're making plans to go see the Chiefs on the road, try and avoid doing it in the last game of the, the last game of the season because they it might get moved. So Can more schedule speculation because that's the hot topic right now. By the way, this is called the season finale. I had it wrong. It's not the grand finale. It's the oh, NFL okay. season finale. Yeah. And there's a purple logo. Really nice graphic here. Again, Chiefs and, and Broncos. And I, I think so. This is a, a, another point on the schedule. <laughs> scheduling. I think this is just another sign of just how much of a TV draw the Chiefs still are. I know that Patrick Mahomes right. had his struggles. Mm-hmm. Still widely, I think, considered the most exciting player to watch in the NFL, despite Joe Burrow and smoking a stogie and dancing in the locker room. And um, I think that's part of the reason why they're on Saturday. And here's another just advantage if you're trying to look for the, the bright spots of this. So no matter what, I know that I've seen the speculation out there. Oh, because the Chiefs are playing on Saturday, the NFL is going to maybe put them on Monday night wild card because there's a Monday night wild card option if they're a number two seed. Yeah, that's fine. Right. But like this is a, a big advantage for Andy Reid in the sense that you may not be getting a bye week now, but you're getting a full day. And let's mm-hmm. say the Chargers do pull it out on Sunday night football, Chargers and Raiders uh, on Sunday night football. And the winner goes. Now, the way this works, I've been playing with the, the playoff picture machine at ESPN. If you want to do it yourself, it is a lot of fun. You, you pick who wins and you start to see like how the, the AFC can break mm-hmm. down. If the Raiders win that game against the Chargers, in most scenarios, from what it seemed, like most likely scenarios, they jump up to six. So they wouldn't be playing the Chiefs. The Chiefs would likely be playing a team like the Colts or the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Steelers if certain things break their way. The Chargers, it seems like they more or less are locked into number seven. So, yeah, you know, you're thinking about, okay, now the Chiefs are playing on Saturday. This is BS. Like, say they even do put Chiefs and Chargers on on Sunday Night Football. This is still another day because the Chiefs play at 3.30. So let's say the Chargers win on Sunday Night Football. So the the Chiefs are done by 7.20 on Saturday. Let's say that that's a win. Ten-point favorites over the Broncos. Let's say that's a win. The Chargers still have an entire day, and then they have to play at night. And let's say... Again, for argument's sake, the NFL doesn't put the Chiefs and Chargers, if that's the matchup, on Monday Night Football. That is a huge advantage for Kansas City in the sense that they're playing on Saturday and it's a full day of rest, whether it's Monday night or whatever, over whoever team they're going to be playing. And so, granted, I look, am I happy about the Saturday thing? I wasn't. It was not a pleasant surprise to right, wake up to right, Monday morning. Right. But there are, I think, benefits when it comes to like a competitive advantage especially for Andy Reid. So you're not talking about a bye week anymore, but he's so good after the bye week. I think, you know, the, even the extra day advantage right. to me with right. Reid and his staff and how he's so yeah. prepped, there's an advantage there. And so, I don't know. I think there's ways you can look at it. I do want to get to the Chiefs being 10-point favorites in Denver. This seems obvious. Teddy Bridgewater is still in flux. It looks like it could be Drew Locke versus Patrick Mahomes. Now, I don't think you should look past Denver. Well, for all the reasons I just talked about, the Texans wanted to be motivated here. You know that Drew Locke needs to continue to put together good tape to prove to the Denver Broncos that he is the guy. You have Teddy Bridgewater in the concussion protocol, and, and you're wondering, okay, what's the future here? The Denver Broncos have really souped up the rest of their offense, and they look primed to go after an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson in the offseason because I, I think they feel like they're a quarterback away. So you've heard this a lot, even in Kansas City, especially during training camp, where you're not only putting the tape on for us, it's the tape for the the 31 other teams. Drew Locke is a perfect example of that, because I think Drew Locke on Sunday or Saturday, see, look at me on Saturday now (laughs) is playing. I think he's playing against the Chiefs defense, aside from last game against one player who's been really good the last nine weeks, right? Against the Chiefs defense to prove to some other team out there that he at least deserves to be in what would be like a quarterback competition. 
right? If the, you know, the Eagles are like, you know, should we go Minshew or Hurts or should we bring in another body? Maybe it's a three-man competition with Locke or maybe it's a two-man competition of a place we're not even thinking of right now. And so I, I think there'll be added motivation. And and I think there is also something to, okay, the Chiefs can can kind of flush last game and, and go and play this team. But they, again, shouldn't, you should never look past a division game. For all the reasons I was talking about the Texans and the Titans, you could say that about the Chiefs and the, and the Broncos this week. Right. Well, so, here's another possibility. Yeah. What about Drew Locke as a backup quarterback in Kansas City? Yeah, I know a lot of Chiefs fans would enjoy that. Um, now, you know, a guy, a local, a local kid that, yeah, uh, I, and, and and the Chiefs have uh, there, John, as you know him well. Yeah, you didn't really apologize to the Bouchelites when you. Well, no, uh, when you went there. I, I, yeah, but this is, but, but, and yeah, I'd I'd love to see Shane Bouchel play as well uh, as a as a backup quarterback, but. Whether or not the Chiefs want to do that is an open question at this point. Um, you know, this is still a guy they intended to have on the practice squad all year. They only moved him onto the active roster to keep him from being poached with right. all the quarterbacks that were needed around the league. Um, so I'm not sure they see him as a guy that they want to start next year. Uh, well, or not to start, but it is to be a backup next Andy, year. Uh, Andy Reid always has four quarterbacks in the training camp. In training camp, yeah. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about Bouchel is they were protecting on the practice squad every week as other teams Mm -hmm. were going through quarterback issues. And then Cliff Kingsbury was actually going to sign him because Mm -hmm. I think they wanted to start him. So the Chiefs had to put him on the 53-man roster. And so I don't know if they're, they're looking for another quarterback. I'm actually more interested in I don't know how we ended up here. I think I think the question is going to be Henny versus Bouchelle. If Henny wants to continue, I think I think that might actually be a legitimate backup contest um, next mm. year as we go because of I think the signs are there that the Chiefs really like Bouchelle as a backup. But we don't need to get into backup quarterback battles. For right, now. right. Uh, we'll see well, where, where Drew it just Locke occurred to me because we were talking about Drew Locke, Drew Locke playing against Drew Locke the Chiefs. Is, He's yeah. playing for a lot, essentially. So, yeah, right, I, again, right. the Chiefs can't can't look past uh, the Denver Broncos. What's interesting, and this was our arrow headlines on Tuesday here, John, the Chiefs remain the favorites for the AFC title, even despite not having the buy and control right now. And mm-hmm. the Bengals beating them. The Bengals are not ahead of them. The Titans are not ahead of them. I think that says a lot uh, uh, about what is still in front of the chiefs. It's, it is a little bit of a sky is falling feel. I think it, it's mm-hmm. getting a little bit better as the week goes on. Cause I think fans are, are, are getting more away from what was a disaster in Cincinnati. Um, but I think it says a lot that the chiefs are still favored for the AFC title in Vegas. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of people I've, I've seen this reaction. Well, the chiefs lost the one seat. Well, no, they didn't. They simply lost control of it. Right. They simply lost the ability to control their own destiny that's not the same as losing the one seat. Yes, the odds are that the Titans will win their game, which would prevent right. the team from getting the number one seed. But, you know, as we have seen throughout this season, uh, one game after another, teams that were not even close to being favored to win games have won games, a lot of times big upsets. So I'm not prepared to say the Chiefs have lost the number one seed. They need to go into to Denver and win that game, which will guarantee them at least the two seed. And then if the Titans happen to lose, and as you pointed out, there's reasons to think that could happen. Um, the chiefs will get the one seed. So it's, this is not over by any stretch of the imagination. No. So we will see how it plays out on, I've already forgot the name finale season finale weekend, starting Saturday, (laughs) January 8th. By the way, if you're wondering how to watch this game, I, I saw some Chiefs fans concerned about this. This is on ESPN, but it's also on ABC. So you're gonna, if you're if you're not an ESPN subscriber, you'll still be able to get the game on ABC. All right, we've delayed it enough. 28 minutes worth of delay. Let's get into this disaster that was the Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. John, let's start with the snap counts, uh, and then we'll take a break and get into our, our takeaways from this game. What stood out to you from Chiefs and Bengals? Uh, a return to normalcy. I mean, you know, for a number of weeks now, um, starting with Legarius Sneed uh, having the tragic family circumstance that took him out of, of a game, actually a couple of games, and then that was followed by multiple uh, key players missing uh, games due to COVID, uh, 
uh, in two consecutive weeks. Things have been all kind of crazy with the Chiefs and how they use their players yeah. in the last few weeks. Well, coming into this game, the only player that wasn't going to play was Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And so the Chiefs are healthy. They've got everybody back except for, for Clyde. And, you know, they had the problem with the offensive lineman at the beginning of the game. But going into the game, they had everything pretty much under control. So yeah. what we saw on Sunday uh, was the Chiefs kind of getting back to their normal routine with how they use their players. But it was kind of interesting. Um, in doing so, we also saw some things that we haven't seen since the beginning of the season. Like, for example, Juan Thornhill being used a lot more often against the pass than he was against the run. And we haven't really seen that from Thornhill since way early in the season. Um, and there were a couple other players where they were used differently than we normally see them. Daniel Sorensen, who had a normal amount of usage in the game, was used not mostly on passing plays. He was used pretty equally on passing and running plays. And we haven't seen that from Sorensen since he was a starter back right. in like week five or six. So there, so while things got back to normal, there were also a lot of things that we haven't seen in terms of how players were used since early in the season. Um, so that was the, the big takeaway to me was that, uh, you know, we think kind of got things back to normal and, and the chiefs were doing things the way they normally do them with the exception of some details about how individual players uh, were used in different situations. It's interesting considering just I I think how poorly the 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 team ended up playing defensively when it came to defending one guy and and more so on than the players. Uh, you know I think there's a little bit more on the the coaching staff and and how they chose to defend uh, Jamar Chase who was just killing them. It just was killing them. Mm -hmm. yeah. When it came, I, now I'm curious about this, John. When it came to the running backs. Okay, so we didn't have Clyde Edwards Elair in this game. How did the running backs yeah. break down? You know what? Uh two weeks ago against the Chargers, uh Edwards Elair was used as the bell cow hmm. pretty much for the first time since week one. Uh his use started to decline immediately after week one. And then by week three or four, we're in running back full running back by committee mode. Yeah. Uh, with Edwards Alaire, Daryl Williams, et cetera. And then against the Chargers, we were back to Edwards Alaire being the bell cow. Then the following week, he's injured. Williams comes in uh, when, when Edwards Alaire is injured, so we can't really see exactly how that would have played out otherwise. On Sunday, Daryl Williams just stepped right into that bell cow role. Yeah. He's on the field for like three out of four offensive snaps. And uh, Jarek McKinnon just back from injury and, and, uh, and Derek Gore both just get a handful of snaps on Sunday. And of course, Gore made a lot, <laughs> uh, out of those few snaps, I, which is his routine. That's what he does. Uh, but he didn't get used very much. This is a podcast of honesty. I was honest about not knowing about the schedule change until I woke up. I, I, I'm telling you the idea of Derek Gore, and you've seen it from fans on Twitter and stuff. And you heard it on 610 Sports Radio with, with fans calling in and wondering why he's not playing more. To me, look, it's an undrafted guy, and it was something that had made me eye roll a little bit. But, my God, it's becoming a a Byron Pringle type of situation at the running back mm -hmm. position. Yeah. And and it's hard to ignore. It, it's starting to be hard right. to ignore. Yeah. And you're wondering if the Chiefs, in a sense, need to swallow a little bit and say, look, we at least need to see – in the first half of games, if this guy potentially is our hot hand today, because you're talking about the handful of snaps, he's been getting a handful of snaps these past few weeks. And every time he's touching the ball or is even going out for a pass, it seems like he's becoming the guy and making the play. And, and if it happens enough times, it's not a coincidence in the sense, right? It's like, we have to choose to maybe pay more attention to what's become a dynamic weapon for us. So, I think even in Clyde edwards Elaire's return, you got to see in a certain drive, in certain spots, like, is Derek is Derek Corr hot today? Is is he on? Because at that point, maybe he should be the guy that's in there, and, and I'm coming around to it. And I I feel a little bit silly for, for the eye rolls there because, you know, at a, 
you always think, okay, the coaching staff knows their personnel. They know way more than us. They're always around this team. But, wow, I mean, you're right. I, I think in the snap counts you can dig in and you could say, well, unlimited snap counts, he is killing it. He's killing yeah, it. So it really how, is. You, how at a certain point do you continue to ignore that and, and not see what he would be if you gave him more opportunities? To a certain extent, we're kind of at a disadvantage in a situation like this. You and I have been doing this each for a long time. You know, we've been we've been seeing things happen in training camp and gotten excited about players and then they don't pan out when you get to the season. And so when you when you've had that experience over a long period of time and for me, it's a really long period of time, uh, you know, it's really hard to get overly excited about a player who looks spectacular in the Mm -hmm. third quarter of the third or fourth preseason game when he's playing against guys who aren't necessarily very good or who runs gets a couple of big runs in limited use during the season because you you know you can any player can go out there and make a play at any given time and so it's really easy for guys in our position to go well okay but you know the guy the the coaches know something that we don't and you know we've seen this many times before but of course it's always possible that a guy like Gore is the real deal. Mm. You know, if we'll borrow a phrase from Marty Schottenheimer, <laughs> right. there's always that possibility. It's just hard for us to see that sometimes because we get a little jaded about this stuff. So right. maybe this is what we're looking at is that the chiefs are going to have to give him more looks because he's really showing a lot in, uh, in very limited use. Keynote here on Gore, a native of New York State. Just I don't know if that has anything to do with his success, but I, I'd imagine it, it's something that oh. that would would help him there. It's Syracuse, New York. Eventually ended up at Alabama and moved on to Louisiana. <laughs> Neither here nor there. Okay, let's get to our break, and when we come back, we're going to get into our world famous marinated takeaways. This is the Airhead Pride Editors Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, I'm going to let this marinate. You know, let that one marinate and then we can circle back. Adapt. React. Readapt. Takes time. It takes years. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, wanted to remind you here, probably wondering but pete and john where is that andy reed roundup well there is no andy reed roundup he didn't speak on monday the original andy reed press conference the weekly andy reed presser will begin on tuesday afternoon so if you're looking to see what andy reed said uh, he hasn't said it yet when he does it'll be on these podcast waves on from the podium so if you're looking for okay let's hear an andy reed's initial comments after this terrible loss uh in the week we will hear them a little bit later from the podium. All right, let's get into these marinated takeaways. 34 to 31, field goal kills Kansas City's uh, control of the AFC. John, let's get into your first marinated takeaway first from this game. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really frustrated by the conversation about the officiating yeah. uh, in this game. I mean, I get it. I understand. Uh, from our perspective, it looked like uh, the officials were really biased towards the Bengals. But it's been my experience, again, over a long time of doing this, that fans for every team think that the officials are out to get them. I mean, yeah. it's not its not just something that happens exclusively to the Chiefs. I've observed this in all kinds of fan bases. 
And, um, and after a while you just, you know, this is why I'm one of the guys who says, look, you just gotta, you just gotta go out there and get past it. You know, if the, if the, if, if calls don't go your way, you have to get past it. And I'm a little frustrated that, um, that so much of the discussion has been about the NFL rigging games and, you know, about how it's all, it's all an evil conspiracy or whatever. It kind of makes me crazy. I'll just be honest. It just kind of makes me crazy. And I'm disappointed that so many people have bought into this narrative for which there's really no specific evidence. I mean, it's not enough to just say, well, I saw that game. They were clearly biased against the, the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, any fan could say that about any yeah, game. Yeah. There were Bengals fans who were saying that, that they could bring up they could bring up points about uh, that uh, calls didn't go their way, you know? It's just not enough evidence for me to say that this is all this is all a big sham, and it bugs uh, me. I have a couple points about this, and, and this, I think, leads me into my, my first marinated takeaway. So I agree with you. I, I, I'm not officiating guy, and I'm not someone that's going to say to you, like, okay, let's go to the tape and go play by play of how the Chiefs were screwed. Yeah, not my yeah. not my game. What's different about this one was Andy Reid's words after the game. You know, we talked yes. about Andy Reid on Monday, and yeah. him saying, "I want to talk about each penalty, but I don't want to get fined." That's Andy mm-hmm. Reid saying, "We we were screwed in this game." Yeah. And mm-hmm. when you really, really, really look at the plays that, uh, especially in key spots, where okay, the defense going to get off the field and. You have the Zane Anderson hold and the idea that there's replacement official like and the it, and then you you know yeah. you make you make a key decision at the end of the game where it's we're not gonna let them score, which I don't agree with, I'll be honest. But that's the decision they made. They stop them and then you mm-hmm. call like a ticky tacky face mm-hmm. mask at the side. Yeah. More than the Chiefs getting screwed, I just don't like when officials are this involved in the game. You should barely Fair. notice the, the mm-hmm. officials. Yeah. And I, I think that was big. Now, I, I agree with you in the sense that the the, the idea that and the, the tinfoil hat theory, by the way, mm-hmm. Potato thanked us, so you're welcome, Potato. The tinfoil hat theory that <laughs> the Chiefs are getting screwed, and it's like, Come on, guys. Let's take a look at the numbers that the Chiefs mm. get when it comes to ratings. That's why the Chiefs are on the purple season finale graphic of starting the weekend off because they, even though they're playing the lowly Broncos, starting lowly ass, excuse my expression, Drew Locke, Patrick Mahomes is playing. This mm-hmm. is a league that, if anything, wants Patrick Mahomes and probably Tom Brady back in the Super Bowl, if not maybe Aaron Rodgers, right? The, that's the, that is the sexiest matchup here. It's Patrick Mahomes once again playing in the Super Bowl, and that's what the league wants. If anything, they'd be screwing it in the other direction. If anything, the league is calling this referee and saying, what did you do in this game? You spoiled the ending for us because Patrick Mahomes probably should have gotten the football back to have a chance at this thing and and it didn't work out now this leads me into my other marinated takeaway chiefs fans in my opinion and you're entitled to your opinion i'm not telling you what to think but chiefs fans in my opinion if anything should be less putting their energy into the officiating and more putting in their energy into the third and 27 play Mm -hmm. in which steve spagnolo against a quarterback who was well-known in his second year to be so good, if not among the best in the league, again, at this young age, of reading the right after the post-snap and what's happening in the play. He's very good pre-snap. He's very good post-snap. Okay, there are seven or eight Chiefs coming at me. They're deciding to blitz me on third and 27. Oh, wait. The wide receiver that has already gotten 200 yards today mm-hmm. is one-on-one against the guy he has torched all day. I'm going to throw it right to him. And guess what? He was in the zone. They both were. And he made the completion. And the drive continued. And the Chiefs' defense and their decision-making allowed the officiating to make these questionable calls. That was it. That was your chance mm-hmm. to get Patrick Mahomes yeah. on the field. So regardless of everything that happened, and I, I don't necessarily disagree that the calls were questionable, you still had the opportunity in a right. in a plus spot 
to mm-hmm. get back on the field and win the game. And 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 you have Harrison. This isn't an Elliott Fry situation, right? You have right, Harrison right. Butker's back. You don't even this is a tie right. game. You don't even need to get a touchdown. You just got to get to the 30 and you let up a third and 27. I if you want to blame the officiating, again, your call, you can do whatever you want. Right. You got to get off the field there. You have to get off the field there. And you got to not blitz. Go with four. It's been in a relentless defensive line with four. Mm-hmm. Play the line. Make the decision tough. Even if it's, let's say, okay, let's say you give up 20 yards on that play. Now it's fourth and seven. What, what's Zach mm-hmm. Taylor going to do? Does he really have the, the onions to go for it again? I, like to no, me, I, I don't think that so. should be where I think the majority of the energy is. And, and I, and I, you know, I look, I look toward toward Buffalo a, a, a few weeks ago when they lose that three pass game to Mac Jones and they get up at the podium after and Sean McDermott is like, oh, "This isn't a Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick just embarrassed you, dude." And the the <laughs> defenders start argue, arguing with the reporters about whether or not they were embarrassed. Like, you lost, you lost the game. Just like to me, that's what I I I, I think the energy should be is like, look, the officials sucked, no doubt about it. Right. The Chiefs lost, still lost the game, right? I, right. I, you know, it's never going to, if you, if you're, if you go into a game and thinking, okay, the officials control this, that, to me, that's just like a lame way to go about it, right? What about the offense on their two possessions having to punt and after, mm-hmm. you know, having four touchdowns? Um, what about 266 yards setting the rookie receiver record in a single yeah. game? That, you know, and, Granted, and, and I, another marinated take, I'm, I'm firing off right, right now. Javarius Ward played pretty well. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. Was, he was, for for the most part, blanketing um, Jamar Chase. And unfortunately, Chase was just in the zone, which which makes the lack of help that Spagnuolo provide. I like Steve Spagnuolo. The, the third and 27 and just the lack of help and just identifying, okay, this guy's killing us. Like, you remember that game? This was against the Bucks last year where Tyree kill just absolutely torched the mm-hmm. opposing defender. Yeah. I'm forgetting his name in the, in the first quarter. What the did the Bucks do? Game. Yeah. Yeah. What did the, yeah. The backflip game. What did the Bucks do? They, they curbed it. They were like, okay, we're not going to let this guy just continue to do this. Mm-hmm. There was none of that on Sunday. Yeah. No adjustment. Mm-hmm. That's, that should be that. If I'm a chiefs fan, like that's, that's what's making me more angry. It is the idea that we did not adjust to a guy that was killing us you can't control the officials you can control that and that to me i sorry not to get too fired up here but i think that's where um that's where like thinking about the game even a few days later that's what that's what's the most maddening about the loss to me well i I just like yeah i'm sure i'm sure i (laughs) I usually rant but i know that that was a little ranty but i just think that it's deserved there i i'm I'm upset about having to talk about the officials too as well you know, anyway, I'm sorry. Go to, you can go. I'm, sh- I'm sure I made some people mad by making it sound like that the, the officiating wasn't terrible and the officiating didn't damage the Chiefs. It was bad. It did damage the Chiefs. Right. But, you know, if you're talking about humans here, okay, just like you're talking about a human right, defensive right. coordinator who makes a terrible decision right. <laughs> on third and 27, officials are going to make terrible decisions too. And right. there's there's just no way around this. I mean, you you can talk all you want to about you know bringing in electronic aids and stuff and spotting the ball and that kind of thing, but still, a human is going to have to decide whether a guy caught the ball and made a football move, whether he really had his hands up in the face of another guy. To give the example of the goal line play, these are all judgment calls. They're all going to have to be decided by a human. There's no way to get this element out of the game. And yes, there are going to be games when more of those calls go against you than for you, just like there are going to be games when more of them go for you than against you. And, you know, you can't just ignore it when it happens to the other team and be angry about it when it happens to your team. These things even out. It's terrible when it happens in a game that's got so many ramifications to it i completely agree with those who said why are you throwing a ticky tack flag after the chiefs have just held them on four straight plays inside the two-yard line i agree i think that is the absolute wrong place to throw that flag but you know this is the this is what happens 
Right. This is part of having the humans doing the officiating, and there's no way around that. And and I agree. Let's 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 focus our discussion and our anger and our angst towards the things that we can actually control. And officiating is just not one of them. Now I, I now do we're say both this, ranting so, now. Yeah, we're, <laughs> let's let's stop. Let's stop that. Um, <laughs> shout out to Steve. Steve just fed me this name. The the receiver, I'm sorry, yeah. the defender that Tyreek Hill was torching was Carlton Davis, and it was a yeah. disaster. Now Carlton Carlton Davis um gave Tyreek Hill a peace sign um eventually at you know in that Super Bowl. So oh yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. So he got the better of it eventually. But uh you, you know, you got to be careful about that. Okay, so let's um move on. Do you have any more marinated takeaways, John? Well, you know, just something I, I touched on briefly uh, earlier, and and that is that uh, this this isn't over. Um, you know, we get ourselves worked up about controlling our own destiny, and uh, and so we get into a game like that, and we don't win it, and people just want to pitch the season away. Well, the season doesn't need to be pitched away. There's a very good chance that the Chiefs are going to have the second seed in the playoffs, just as they did in 2019. Granted, without a bye week. But they're still in a position that they can easily go to the Super Bowl. I think there's a very good chance that if the Titans end up with the first seed, they're going to lose yeah. uh, before they would uh, ever have an opportunity to play the Chiefs. So I think right. that even if the second seed, there's a very good chance that we'll host the AFC championship game uh, in Arrowhead Stadium for the what the fourth year in a row. So, yeah. you know, this thing isn't over. Let's not let's no. not get ourselves worked up about it. Right, right. Because you're really looking at an AFC with where the parity is, is just strong. And so yeah. I think when you're looking at that and you're looking at the Tennessee Titans and, you know, in, in 19, the Chiefs had the second seed. It's sometimes forgotten because they, they went, ended up winning the Super Bowl. The only reason that they hosted that AFC title game against the Titans was because the Patriots were upset by the Titans. So mm-hmm. you have a right. scenario where the Chiefs would host it you know if they keep the two they host a division game and would play the winner of titans x so you're looking at i'm looking at these teams you know it would be the bills patriots colts chargers and the end up you end up seeing you know how it goes but yeah you you may have a a a matchup at arrowhead stadium for the afc title still I i think that's still in front of them i think that's a good point um i have a greater point about just the the bengals and joe burrow as i've had a few days to just think about this game and and let it let it marinate right so last night we watched the final game of of pittsburgh steelers quarterback ben roethlisberger at home uh and he is he's going to be moving on and and you you know when an organization doesn't have a sure quarterback um you're in flux we know that well in kansas city we'll see what pittsburgh does now if they go and get aaron Rodgers. this point is is over so sorry about that if that ends up happening cleveland (laughs) what are they going to do with baker mayfield you don't really know Baltimore, Lamar Jackson had a lot of injuries this year. They're still going to be in the mix. But what I'm saying is Cincinnati's is them winning the division with the win against the Chiefs, I think is a little bit of a sign of, okay, this is a team that could do it again and do it for a few years in a row. Yeah, I, I really thought that yeah. this was a, a marquee moment for that franchise. And I think we just talk about Josh Allen, who, by the way, has stunk these past few weeks. And we talk about Lamar and we talk about Herbert. And I, I do think to an extent, to, deservingly so. But Joe Burrow may end up being one of those other Mahomes rivals where these Bengals and it and it's it's those it's those lovable losers, right? In the NFL. You're only lovable losers until you're not lovable losers anymore. <laughs> Maybe it's these Bengals who wind up becoming that interconference type of rival for Patrick Mahomes because so long as they can keep Joe Burrow on his feet and they need to invest a little bit more in that offensive line. You know, they got him yeah. as partner in crime. The Chiefs now unfortunately know well in Jamar Chase and, and reuniting them from um, their days in college. They got to reinvest in that offensive line and, and keep him healthy. And the throws that that he can make, it it, it is mm-hmm. it it's something. I mean he he's a He's a legitimate, I think, threat to what is going to be Patrick Mahomes over the years. I had this stat on the game, and, and this was very, very impressive to me. This was next-gen stats. Joe Burrow completed 18 of 22 passes outside the numbers, mm-hmm. 361 yards and four touchdowns. 
361 yards and four touchdowns outside the numbers. And in a scenario, too, where we mentioned Traveris Ward wasn't playing that poorly. He no. really wasn't. He was just putting the ball in a position to allow his right. very, very talented college teammate to go up and get it. So you start to protect this guy. You got Joe Mixon back there. This is going to be a formidable interconference type of, of rival. And and we always want to compare everything to the glory days of what's been this past generation with like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Like, I think that that Herbert and Mahomes are going to have their battles within the division, but this could mm-hmm. be like your conference rival that you always right. end up seeing, and, you know, once every couple of years in the regular season. But certainly, I think this could be a, a potential uh, playoff matchup. And John, as you as you're looking at the playoffs right now, the Bengals have the the um, number number three seed, and the Bills are number four. If everything kind of goes a certain direction, this could be the matchup you have at Arrowhead Stadium in a rematch just like two weeks from now. And so it could be the start of something, uh, I think, bigger. And that's a great thing for football fans, but it is a little bit of a scary prospect in the sense that these are two teams that could go at it for years, in my opinion. It makes me think of the Patriots. You know, for, for years, the Chiefs and the Patriots played often enough that it felt like the Patriots were in our division. And I think Cincinnati's in a position where we could see that from them, where they routinely finish at the top of their division uh, with the players that they have. And I I think you're making a good point about the offensive line too. They need to fix that up, but they definitely have some skill players in there and the matchup between Burroughs and Chase. If you don't see that as something uh, I was reminded of Mahomes and Hill, uh, in uh, Mahomes' first year as a starter, where they just they just couldn't do any wrong, you know, and 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 Mahomes would throw him the no look passes on and third and a, and a zillion, you know, and and between Boyd and Higgins too. I mean, it's feeling like yeah, a, yeah. a Super Bowl mm-hmm. team. It does make you feel. Yeah, and this is another deeper conversation for this offseason, but it does make you feel like the Chiefs really need to go out and get go get that third man, right? Because yeah. it, as much as you like Byron Pringle. Pringle is not these weapons that both the Cowboys, I would say, and the Bengals have to offer. Spagnuolo going into the game called it the best trio that the Chiefs would see, and it, and it certainly lived up to the That's bill. That's fair. More, yeah. more chase than we thought. Anything other marinated before we get to the best Chiefs thing from you? No, let's just let's just move on. I, I, I'm afraid right. I'll get another rant. We can't have yeah. that. No, 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 yeah, no more, more than two rants a show. That's right. Okay, let's get into the best Chiefs thing we saw all week. Third and four. the first four interception game of Tannehill's career this was a a week 11 game you might remember took place on November 21st of this year the Texans knocking off the Tennessee Titans 22 to 13 if you heard who made the final interception there that was Terrence Mitchell so it might have thought that was an old Chiefs highlight no Terrence Mitchell never made any good plays for the Chiefs. It was for the (laughs) Texans. He did his best work with the Texans. So the Texans end up beating the Tennessee Titans, and this was in Tennessee. And we will end up seeing what happens. I just thought this was a good reminder to tell Mm -hmm. Chiefs fans, look, anything can happen this weekend. You take care of business. Uh, Division games are always tricky in the NFL. I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But you got to think, okay, the Titans going into this game, should the Chiefs take care of business on Saturday? We'll be thinking about week 11 and we'll be mm-hmm. and we'll be thinking about their quarterback throwing four interceptions to this same defense that's still pro- trying to prove that they belong. And if there's been some buy in to David Cully and, and you got this workhorse guy out of nowhere and Rex Burkett of all names, who knows how this thing uh, can go. And I, I just you know thought that that was fitting. Right, John? Yeah, I think it's a good reminder that even when the Chiefs uh, don't have any use for a player who's kind of on the bubble. Uh, coming out of training camp and at the end of the rookie season, when we're talking about a guy like Terrence Mitchell, he's actually turned into having a fairly decent NFL career. He's no he's no superstar. No one's no. going to make that claim, but he's uh, he's turned into having a, a pretty decent NFL career. And uh, you know he made a great play there. No question about that. Shout out to my dad who used to call him Toast Mitchell when he was with the Chiefs. <laughs> so thank you to dad. Toast Mitchell. <laughs> to the Airhead Friday Editor Show. 
All right, we have a few more reviews I, I want to get to, John. Uh, they're a little bit longer than the other ones. They're, All right. they're more interesting. If, if you're done with the Chiefs content, you could, you could sign off. But these, these reviews might be worth waiting for. So here we go. Um, this one is from Chiefs fans since 1965, John. So there you go. You can wow. relate a little bit there to that. Yeah, I can. Show count. Um, show. <laughs> this is like a wrestling promo at show. Uh, Ron, the show. Show, count the days you have on the podcast. Because simply put, you're not even close to good. In your world, nothing else but your opinion means anything. <laughs> You're wrong most of the time. Every player and coach definitely wants the top seed and prepare to take it at all costs. Casey finishes the regular season on the road in Denver, not at home. Clearly, your interest in the Chiefs is second rate, and it shows. Wow. So uh, according to Chiefs fans in 65, Ron, the show's days on the podcast are numbered. Um, it's not up to him, but who knows if, if, if that, that's true or not. We, I guess we'll have to end up seeing John. Uh, must listen for Chiefs. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. I was going to say, if you want some, if you want somebody on the show who doesn't think their opinion is the most important thing, <laughs> I mean, right. we all think that. I mean, that's right. It's it's, a, it's, it's an army of Ronnie, We all think that. It's not an army of ten. It's an army of ten opinions, and we yeah. have a lot of them. Okay. <laughs> uh, must listen for Chiefs fan for Mac John. There's a wide variety of shows on the AP Network. My fave, and I'm an older Chiefs fan. A lot of, a lot of older reviews here is the editor show because it actually oh, discusses nice. our team with facts and sense. Wow. The out of, <laughs> out of structure pod is also great as is the post game reacted pod and the radio replay BK show and <laughs> UK shows go to the bottom of my listening queue. Uh, BK show is a but, bit much like counterpoint on six ten stick and the UK show seems um, <laughs> too much like the bad parts of other shows but without their benefits plus they speak a different language which is not true always a drawback i forgot to mention the arrowhead drive which is a must listen must listen three times a week as well as well for only slightly out of date chiefs news so a must listen with out of date news which would be good for people who aren't refreshing twitter all day i realized there was a lot of negative there but the main point is there's something for everyone the two shows i said less than glowing things about aren't for me but maybe the youngins love it um i'll stick to more real football analysis as my first listens keep doing what you're doing love it so a lot of backhanded remarks there um we, we are happy for the five stars we love all our shows here on the airhead pride podcast network even those that speak a different language like the one on uh wednesday all right uh husker fan 272 can't wait to hear every new episode if you're a cheese fan this is absolutely perfect for you. They provide the most up-to-date news and information, and it's always great to hear their perspective of each game. I do miss some of the old shows, but Pete always does a good job on every episode. On another note, Patrick Mahomes seems like a, such a team player, and let's be honest, without his weapons, he is still the best in the league, but his wide receivers do deserve a lot of credit for his success. The real question is, do you guys see Mahomes restructuring his contract to keep guys like Tyreek on the team in the future or how do you see this playing out? For some reason, my last comment didn't get featured on the show, so hopefully this one has a better chance. Go Chiefs, and his name is Marcus. So thank you, Marcus, for the comment, and we'll answer the question, right, John? So let's do this quickly because we're up against it a little bit, but mm -hmm. do you think Patrick Mahomes will take what is team discounts to keep guys like Hill around? doesn't have to. This contract was designed that they can over and over do what they did this season just with a stroke of a pen, turn, uh, roster bonus into signing bonus and spread right. it over years. He doesn't have to restructure his contact. They've already set it up so that they can basically use his contract as a bank. Uh, if they need salary cap space to do something, they're not yeah. going to want to do that all the time, of course, but they can. The so yes, name. the answer is yes. The hot name of the thing that I remember we were really confused about it. And I don't think we know still what it means, but it's guarantee mechanisms. There was guarantee mm -hmm. mechanisms built mm -hmm. into Patrick Mahomes contract, which feels really unique where I think he knew going into it. Okay. There are going to be different years where I may need to take less or take more up front or push more off. And, and I don't know, I, that's something that I've always appreciated about Patrick Mahomes at such a young age. Remember he's still only 25, right? 25 or 26. Mm -hmm. what, are, what are we, let me, let me, Some, yeah, something like that. Young to me. I get, I get confused. He's 26. September 17th. Happy belated. Well belated. Okay, so he's 26 now. So I think even at the young age of 26, he has realized you're only as good as how many games you win. And I also think he's realized like you can make a lot of money even outside doing commercials, which when the Chiefs lose, sometimes we'll get in our mentions why is Mom's doing so many commercials. He can do commercials, whatever. So what, what I'm saying is I, I think he understands 
you know, for my legacy to be what I want it to be. And it's important to him. I mean, he, he, he's talked about that sure. before, more so mm-hmm. during the offseason than the regular season. He understands that he's going to have to take a little bit less money to live under the salary cap and have the weapons at his disposal that'll make him great. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a very Tom Brady-like idea. And I, I think he, at a young age, understood that. And as you were saying, I think that's why <clears throat> he ended up making a very unique contract, even in his mm-hmm. first deal. Because, yeah, he wanted to get paid a half a billion dollars, which was well-deserved. And he's still, to me, the best and most um, important and valuable player in the league. And he deserves that. But at the same time, he understands, okay, when Tyreek's up, if we want to keep Tyreek and have a chance at it, and I think that Tyreek's going to want a lot of money, we're going to have to figure this out. If we got Orlando Brown, we have, we have Tyron Matthew, you're only as good as your team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You're only going to win as many Super Bowls as your team. You, you can't do it alone. And you found out the hard way last year. So I think, yes, the, to, to be, I said, let's be quick and I'm long winded here, but the long winded and, and short winded answer, I guess here is, yeah, I, I really think he understands that he might have to take a little bit less in the future. And there are different ways to do it in order to be great, which is what he wants to be. All right. It's been a long episode of the Arrowhead pride editor show. We got through a lot today. If you like the show, as I've promised and followed through with, I don't know why I did this originally, but we will continue well, to do fun. it. Yeah, it's been we fun. Will, we will we'll continue to do it. We'll, we'll read your Arrowhead Pride review here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. It's a it's a busy week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll, we will have uh, from the podiums, which will cover the Zoom press conferences um, that we plan to have. And then as we go on, we'll have the arrowhead drive we'll have the great british chief show we plan to have an ap radio replay and then on friday we'll wrap up with show and bk on the chiefs as they uh, end up previewing what is a a really important game for the chiefs on saturday now between the chiefs and the broncos keep locked in at arrowheadpride.com all week for the updates on ceh and orlando brown and then all the game coverage that'll come at you on saturday unfortunately john uh, but thank you for spending a little bit of your time <laughs> with us um, for Steve Serta and John Dixon. And thank you for joining us on another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editors Show.